agree. I actually wrote down, I'm also a recovering people pleaser. I used to work in marketing, so I felt like I got sandwiched from both sides, like by the client and then also for the brand I was working with. And I don't know, I think it's like being an Asian woman too. You're just expected to be this perfect like person all the time to everyone. You're tuning in to Still Minimum Wage. This is the podcast for creative solopreneurs who are just trying to figure out this entrepreneur thing. We cover the real and the raw experiences behind running your own business and what it looks like to try and make a living for yourself that is more than still minimum wage. Join us for roundtable discussions around juicy topics of things that we're dealing with every day, even if people aren't talking about the hard parts about running your own business. Boundaries are vital in all kinds of relationships, family, romantic, friendships, and of course, business. This isn't a secret, but they are kind of hard to stick to. And especially if they require us to push back and say no. So I want to explore what that feels like to set good boundaries and to be okay saying no as an entrepreneur. I'm Courtney, and today I've gathered some special people to have a heart-to-heart about boundaries. And today joining us, we have Lisa Ihara, a brand strategist and designer with her business, Alette Studios. Also here is Marin Masumiya, and she runs a polymer craft shop called Kawaii Crafts. And lastly is Ashley King, a business strategist. Welcome to Still Minimum Wage Friends. So excited to have you here. Yay. Thanks for having us. So I got to tell you, this conversation is extremely timely because I just felt like I was getting bulldozed by a new client this past week. And I'm finding it extremely hard to not feel bad about setting boundaries, whether it comes to like answering emails, like a barrage of emails or letting them dictate my creative process and my timelines. So I just need a little bit of encouragement. Have you guys ever struggled with this? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's like a thing, right? And I think it's um, as a recovering people pleaser, it's totally like everything from personal life to business. And I think literally the only thing that's made it a little bit easier for me is now that I have a toddler who is quite a tyrant. I've had to like <laughs> force myself to learn to set boundaries or like it's kind of a life and death situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, man, I kind of laugh because I started my business because I needed boundaries because my corporate job, I was doing the most and getting bulldozed. And so I started my business and then realized, oh, I still need, like, I need to be really intentional (laughs) too Mm -hmm. with this. And, um, yeah, the whole, I totally resonate Lisa with the recovering people pleaser. And especially when you're a service provider, you always want to do the most. And so it's a ongoing uphill struggle, I feel like, for everybody. Yeah, I agree. I actually wrote down, I'm also a recovering people pleaser. (laughs) I used to work in marketing, so I felt like I got sandwiched from both sides, like by the client and then also for the brand I was working with. And I don't know, I think it's like being an Asian woman too. You're just expected to be this perfect, like person all the time to everyone 
And I almost found myself like putting on a persona in that role. And I became really unhappy because I felt like I had to be so fun all the time, you know, Mm. and impressive. And so that's a lot of the reason why I started my own thing. And after reading this a book, which I'll recommend later, um, it's helped a lot. Yeah. Do you think that actually a lot of service-based business people are recovering people pleasers? Like, do you think that actually there's more of us out there than we realize? Yeah, because we're people people, right? Or like, we're good with people. I think it's like a, I had a manager who said to me, oh, your perfume is your poison. (laughs) This was when I was really young. But I think what makes you a good service provider is that a lot of times you are sensitive and kind of intuitive and you can read people and anticipate what they want and kind of shape shift, you know, to the situation. But then it can be a curse because you're always doing that and it's super exhausting. You know, so I feel like now I feel like I have to come back to who am I? Like, who is my authentic self and trying to embrace that a little bit more? I don't think every, but like, I think service providers are all people pleasers, but I don't think everybody's aware that they're a people pleaser. So hot take there. Um, (laughs) Because I think we often... um, it's easy to maybe to see that in somebody else, but then for ourselves, we're like, Oh, I'm just serving my client. I just want to deliver the best client or customer experience possible. And then, you know, we realize the tank, our tank is empty. We have nothing left to give. (laughs) And then that's kind of when people get shaken into awareness. But I think a lot of the times people aren't self-aware enough to know that they're a people pleaser. But I'm hearing around this table right here, we're all pretty self-aware that this is, as you said, Mary, what is it? Your perfume is your poison. Um, And I also love, okay, so what you said, Ashley, is, is a really good point that we want to deliver the best. And a lot of times you feel like your business like hangs on making this client happy so that they come back or they tell more people about you. Um, but then that best is so subjective to what mm-hmm. that client interprets it is. And I feel like that could drive you really crazy. At least I feel like it drives me crazy. For sure. It's confession time. Oh. Did you oh set boundaries in your business from the beginning? Or did you have to learn how to do it? I think it's a mix of both. Because a lot of times you don't even know what boundaries to set until you're in it. And it's all up to you. And you have to wear so many different hats. So. I think I did a good job of like, I was in marketing. So I did my whole strategy. Who's my target audience? What am I trying to do? Why am I doing it? And I've used that as a guidepost, I think, um, throughout. But then you sometimes you just don't know the boundary until it's crossed. And you kind of have that icky feeling. <laughs> so when that happens, then I try to set some things in place um, to avoid it happening again. And I just feel like as a small business owner, it's just a moving target. Because as you grow, you go into new areas, then you have to set new boundaries because you're experiencing new things. And then even like a boundary that worked for you in the beginning, as you get busier, might need to be adjusted or changed, right? And to um, the point uh, that Ashley had made earlier about like you switched from corporate, right? And then started your own business thing. I 
never had boundaries with my corporate gig either. So I was working at Disney for a bit. Like our nine to five is never a nine to five. It's always a nine to nine, right? For recovering people, pleasers. And then I started my own business and the same thing was happening. And I thought that it was just a work environment thing, right? Like, oh, these places that I keep going to like, oh, Hulu and Disney, like they're just crazy work hours. Like that's just what it is. And when it was still happening with my own business, I was like, oh no, actually it's me. Like there's, this is a me problem. Like I'm no longer doing, you know, marketing. I'm now, you know, a designer, like artsy, creative, right? Like right brain stuff. Like this should not be happening in the quote unquote industry that I'm in, which means that it's a me problem. And so I've had to definitely learn that, like first acknowledge that and then learn to set boundaries and what works for my season of life right now. Yeah. I mean, I resonate so much with what Lisa and Marin already said. And like I'd already mentioned, I started my business because I felt like I needed better boundaries from my corporate job where I was, you know, responding to emails when they came in at 1 or 2 a.m. because that's when my boss tended to send out emails and always doing the most and doing other people's work for them because I wanted everything to be a success. (laughs) And I you know, part of starting my own business was to kind of just strip down to what I needed to do, which was run my business. And what Marin said about, you know, it's a moving target. I have found that there are definitely boundaries that I have put in place that have changed or new ones I've needed to add. But the one consistent, the two consistent ones that I've had is like no checking and responding to email unless I have the bandwidth, which I try not to, but no checking and responding to stuff after a certain point in the day. And then absolutely no business work on Sundays because you need to be able to recharge so that you can show up and be fully present for yourself, for your business, and for your clients and your customers. And so whatever I can do to recharge, I will do it. And I actually prioritize that now, whereas I used to not do that at all. I also have the no work on Sunday one. Um, but sometimes I just am like, I want to get ahead, but I feel a huge <laughs> difference when I don't do it. Um, but what are some other examples of boundaries that you guys have put in place? And if any of them have changed, I would love to hear about that too. I mean, the email one is a really good one. And one thing that I've started doing is even if I'm responding to email, I schedule it out to go out at a normal time. So that's sort of been a game changer so that at least client facing wise, there's still some semblance of a gap in a margin. And that's been really helpful for me. Um, I've also just like not taken as much interest and like jumping at all of my social pings, right? Because like I do, you know, some DMs and, you know, like um, responding to comments and stuff for clients um, and I, or potential clients and leads. I kind of took that off as a thing. I muted all of my social notifications. I'm never on there and I'm very unresponsive, but you know, that's kind of the way that I wanted that to be. And then um, I don't do days off just because I have to always try to find a pocket of time in any given day of the week. But again, with like the scheduling thing, and also I don't actually do physical work on certain days. So I kind of set a work day for each kind of task that I have. And I say that that's the day that I'm going to do it. And if I can't fit it in that day, that means that it wasn't a priority for me. Yeah, I mean, I'll echo just the social media thing because 
when you're starting out as a small business, you read all these things where like, you have to post three reels a day, every single day, make a YouTube Ooh. video, make, you know, TikTok, all this stuff. And it's very overwhelming. Um, and I think I just got like analysis paralysis or I was like consuming too much content. And so I'm finally in a rhythm where I post at least three times a week and I try to do one reel or video and kind of repurpose that on the different platforms. And I feel like that's just been better for my mental health. It's like, and it's more sustainable. So yeah, I think that's, that's been the main one. Social media can just be so innocuous where you get sucked in. And the only other thing is just self-care. So I've actually become like a big VR nerd <laughs> lately. So I have the virtual reality, the oh, Oculus headset. Interesting. Yeah, my husband is into it. So he bought it. But they have these awesome meditation apps on there that are very oh. like immersive. Yeah, where you can go into these like nature settings. What? And they so cool. guide you. Yes, they guide you in breathing and like positive affirmations on different topics like abundance, whatever you're going through. They have one for like kind of calming yourself down like before bed and then one for focus to start your day. So I try to do that every um, day on the weekdays. And that's become a non-negotiable just taking that 20 minutes has been great. That's so cool. I That's really would neat. totally benefit from that. Highly recommend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the one I use is called the trip app trip with two P's and they also have great workout stuff too on there. This is funny. Cause this is something that I do with clients and cause I'm a big proponent of having a CEO day during your week. And I help clients set that up and create time blocking and day theming for their week so that they have those good boundaries to work on client work and their own work. But one of the things that I do for myself is that CEO day. So I know that like the rest of the week, sure, it's client work. It's all the other things I need to do. But then CEO day is like self-care planning and strategy and dreaming and vision planning so that I'm not like trying to overextend myself during the week, trying to do all of the different stuff. And I also find when it comes to boundaries that I've realized I need to do, I need to continue growing in is setting expectations and like clear boundaries with your clients mm -hmm. from the outset and repeating them in a gentle and organic way of, you know, I'm going to usually I will respond to any communication that comes in within, you know, 24 hours, if not less. But I tell the client, you know, I respond to all client communication, you know, within 36 hours during my business hours. But then, you know, I set the expectation low and then I'm able to deliver. And so even that it's a how do you frame and communicate your boundaries to clients um, and then that even helps for yourself, like internally. So you're not feeling like stretched then. Yeah. The reality is we do get to set the expectations and sometimes it's, it's good. And sometimes it's hard, but I think the reality is like, you can say what that expectation is, but if you yourself don't act within the boundaries, they, they like completely forget. They read the welcome kit and then they're just like, Oh, but like she's been responding like multiple times. And that's their job, right? It's their job to ask and our job to say no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Question for you guys is, have you ever had a time when you knew you should have said no to something to a client, but you didn't? <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of like rolling eyes, a lot of like feelings come to the surface. 
Yeah, who wants to go first? I mean, I've got like these for days. Um, and one was like super recent too. Um, and it happens both with clients and potential clients, right? Like the mm-hmm. whole like, oh, you know, we're on a sales call and let me build a package for you because I'm so like, you know, desperate or whatever mm-hmm. that is like to try to make this work. Um, I think with a client, one is, you know, like Ashley was saying, you set your expectations, you set these things in writing and you write it down, you send it to them. And then you just like go back on it. Like, Oh, can we get another round of revisions? Like, Oh, like, can we change this part? Even though you said that that's not part of the scope, like, Oh, what if, you know, we do this and these sort of like requests that come organically, that sort of makes you feel like they're not applicable to the the things that you set prior, right? Because it's like coming up and you think that, oh, what, you know, this is kind of a special case, but it's not a special case because it's you again, like, you know, comes back to you. If you're this common denominator and like the weakest link of this, like this is going to keep happening no matter if it comes up organically or they just ask for a straight up or they're trying to price negotiate you or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, that's the hardest, like when I have someone slide into my DMs, which I encourage because I do do a lot of custom orders. And so that's, that is where I struggle because I think I do a pretty good job of like setting my pricing and things fairly. But I remember like my first order I took, she's like, can you make me a dolphin and a rhinoceros? And at the time, I didn't even know if I could make it because those are both like kind of challenging animals, you know, so a lot of times like at least for now in this stage, I guess I'm in my business, I just say yes. And then sometimes I do feel a little regret because it takes so much longer. And with customs, you have to like concept the whole thing. Um, But in my mind, at least I just kind of say it's paid learning. And Mm -hmm. then once I have the opportunity, I try to go and adjust my pricing and kind of foresee what other things could come up. So for example, I have like a custom figurine that I do for like cake toppers and things. And I had a set price and then I started getting all these different requests. I'm like, I better do different tiers depending on like how many characters they want. Right. So I tried to adjust it as soon as I could once it occurred to me, but then there were a few that kind of slipped through and I just let it be paid learning. (laughs) I love that. And I think that's encouraging that even when we're like, Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have done this. Like to not continue to beat ourselves up, paid learning and then move forward make the adjustment. So I love what you said in the beginning of this mirror, like your priorities and your boundaries are going to change as your business does. And as you learn things. And so we don't need to be so hard on ourselves when we're like, Oh, why did I do that? You don't know until you know, you know, so try not to beat yourself up over it. (laughs) But then I also think there's that fine line of, you know, the paid learning and, you know, learn as you go. And then you have to also think, am I just trying to self-justify this right now? Because <laughs> yeah, <partly. laughs> it's a thing, right? Like we tell ourselves, oh, I'm never going to do this again. Or yeah, it's, it's, it was a learning opportunity. And I think like when, when is the enough point? Like when do we have to like tell ourselves no more? Um, and this is when I think it's really great to have accountability buddies and like friends to be like, you're doing too much. <laughs> but I don't know if anybody else has that experience of like needing to, to talk themselves back from the ledge. Yeah. So actually with this week, I started a project with my business partner and it was one that had started in February when I tell you the revenue was dry. It was kind of 
scrappy hustle mode. But now the work that we're doing doesn't fit in the direction that we're going. And I just had to like answer her. She's like, why are we working on this project? Or like, she's like, no offense. Like, how did you close this project? And I was like, I know, I know, but it's okay. This is the last time. Like, this is the last reminder that when you do things for a cash grab, it does not work out. It is more expensive when they're not aligned. And we had maybe two other experiences that were like that previous in the year. And this was, I'm like, this is it. This is the last time we're doing something where I think you're on the phone, right? And you're kind of customizing a package for them. And you're like, oh, like I could do it, but I don't know if it's like really a good fit, but I need the money. And from there, it's like, if the boundaries aren't set and I think I even feel a little bit of that fear of like, Ugh, if I say no, they're going to be like, she's so uncooperative and I'm, and I want, I like need this cash that it's your mind. It kind of gets all weird and whatnot. But for you guys, is there a time when you maybe got those inklings and your instincts were like, stand firm and you turned down an opportunity and that was the right choice? Literally, this happened to me last week. I, I think Lisa mentioned like potential clients. And so I was on a sales call with somebody who had been in my sphere. And I really, really love her as a person. She's so cool. We get along famously. But what she needed was something that like I could do, but it would have one overextended me and didn't quite align with my offers. And two, like, I would only be able to get her so far. And ultimately I was like, you need an actual like marketing coach more than anything. Like I could get, I could do some of that for you, but not to the extent that I think you need. And so I was able to refer her out, which thankfully like I have a really great network of people, but it was hard. Cause I was like, is she not going to like me anymore? Is this going to reflect poorly on me? And it was just gut wrenching. That mm. whole like deliberation and like sending her that email afterwards being like, like, I really want to do this for you, but I need to stick to my guns here. And also, this is, I think, a good thing for you. And thankfully, like it worked out really well. She got connected with people. And I'm still there's still a little regret because, again, like that whole what you were saying, Courtney, like the cash flow and what does this reflect about me? But you know, I have to take a step back and look, it's still, I'm aligning with my vision still. It's going to open up up other opportunities and my time to do other things. So I I'm trying to, it's like a self coaching thing still right now. (laughs) I I'm, I'm pretty sure I made the right decision, but it's hard when those things happen. Well, we're going to cheer you on anyways. Yeah, I think it's just, it's important to listen to the gut feeling. Like, honestly, how we were talking in the beginning, how like we we probably have that ability. I mean, I know me, if I, I don't really like someone off the bat, usually it, they would prove themselves <laughs> to mm. be that way at some point. So I do think like first impressions do have a lot of good information mm. that we should listen to. And I had a situation where someone was talking about you know, she's about to get married and she really wants to support small businesses during the process. And so I sent her the information about my cake toppers and all of that. And then she kind of baited and switched me and was like, well, I can feature you on my blog if you give it to me for free, that type of thing, you know, and she did have a lot of followers, but it just was not my vibe. Like when I checked it out and 
all of that. And so I, I just ghosted her because I honestly felt insulted because it was very misleading. It's one thing if you're out in the open, like, hey, I have this blog and I'm seeking people to feature this and that. But um, yeah, and I'm sure I'll come across that more. So especially for that type of piece, which is so time consuming and custom and a wedding. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of demands. I'm like, no, I'm definitely going to get resentful. So mm. let's just not do that. I think the harder one for me is like when it's a client to set boundaries with a client because, you know, with people who are potential, it is still hard too. But, you know, once they're in your network, I feel like a lot of my self-worth gets wrapped up in like serving this person adequately. Right. And so what's a specific example that happened was, um, you know, they're like the, the thing that I was saying before of like, Oh, can we do another round of revisions or can we add, you know, this particular design into the package? And the way that I was able to sort of sidestep from that was to realize that it's not really serving them to overextend myself because then I'm going to be less of a person to them, right? In the long run, because I'm going to start like cursing them, like my head um, <laughs> later down in this process. And so I kind of like hunkered down and I said, no, actually what's going to serve them best and give them the best version of myself is to stand here and say like, actually, you know, this is kind of what we talked about. Um, you know, this is the way that works. It works because, you know, of the experience I have. And I kind of just explained instead why the boundary was the way that it was. And they're just like, yeah, that's totally fine. Like that makes sense. I was just asking and I was like, you're right. Like that's your job to ask me. And it was my job to say no. And if I'm not doing my bit, then I can't be resentful about that. Like that's, that's being a hypocrite, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the trick though, right? Of reframing those boundaries so that like to show the client, this is really benefiting you. <laughs> So that I can show up authentically and like give you the full expertise that you're paying me for. You have to work on flipping the narrative for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I love that, you know, always keeping with the real and the raw here on Soul Minimum Wage, that the reason why for boundaries and priorities and being okay with saying no is exactly what you guys said, where it's preventing resentment. It's allowing you to protect the best of you so that when you do show up and you do serve, you're giving them the best that you have to offer. So it's, you know, not about like me versus you. And it's not about like, oh, me and all of my issues of people pleasing. It's like, so I can make you happy within the the scope that we've set and your expectations are set. I know what I'm doing and I'm not mentally draining myself and really having just like negative feelings about clients about business and even like you know in our other relationships too it's like minimizing our inability to show up fully and like that's kind of bringing it full circle as to like why we're even having this discussion and why as an entrepreneur you need to figure it out because if you don't you're just gonna burn out you're gonna hate your business you're gonna hate what you're doing and you're not gonna be able to use your gift to really help people, whether you're making something for them, you're doing something for them or guiding them. So, you know, as we think about the why, now let's transition to the how. And what are your guys' best tips for solopreneurs, for entrepreneurs about setting boundaries? 
For me, documentation is a really big one. Sometimes if it's not just my idea, and even if it is my idea, I wrote it down somewhere, it feels a little bit more official. And then I can kind of refer back to that. Like there's a certain verbiage that I use, but I can, you know, use it as a script and it kind of just rolls off my tongue. Um, And you kind of have to practice saying it out loud too sometimes. Like, actually, I'm sorry. Or, you know, maybe that don't even apologize. Just be like, this is the way that it is and be matter of fact about it. I used to do that a lot when I was a project manager where, you know, everything was written down and I was constantly saying no to people that wanted requests. And I would be like, as per, copy and paste (laughs) and drop it in the email. Maybe I need to be better about doing that. Yeah, we were talking a little bit at the beginning about how this is kind of like a, you know, Asian women problem too. Like we need to harness the other Asian women superpower of being passive aggressive. (laughs) As per our chat. As you can see in this email here, you know. Well, I mean, you know, we all said, oh, we're, we're people pleasers. But I've, you know, I've gone to therapy, years of therapy. So I know it's not just us as individuals. It's because we've been conditioned to be that way. Like one mm. situation I always think of is when you take time off, like a lot of my female co- coworkers would be like, but you can still reach me if you need me and I'll have my phone on and uh, my email's still on, you know, but dudes are just like, I'm out. Like I'm out for two weeks. Bye. Like, good luck. You know? So there is definitely that double standard. But I think, yeah, one thing that's helped me, I guess, in my small business is showing my work a little bit. Cause initially you want to appear so polished and effortless and with social media kind of making things look so easy but then behind the scenes we all know there's so much work behind everything that we do so I'm trying to get a little bit more vulnerable Mm. you know with my Mm. social media content I'm kind of showing the process and like I have to hand you know make these colors of clay like I have to blend them and I get blisters on my hands and this takes forever and it's hard you know so I think yeah just showing my work and not Because I think with marketing and branding too, I've worked in those fields, it can kind of seem like a magical, one of those magical jobs where she's like, oh, here, here's a beautiful package thing for you. I read your mind and you're happy, right? So I think that's a big piece of it. And then just lastly, remembering why you started the business in the first place, which was probably to have more freedom, have more time with your kids, with your family, with your loved ones to do what you want to do. And that kind of will help you stave off the default, you know, conditioning of like hustle culture and well, I just got to take what I can take and people pleasing Mm. and all of that. So, yeah. Oof. I, yes. All the yes. Ashley has a lot. (laughs) Ashley has a lot. Here she goes. (laughs) No, I just, I'm loving this conversation because boundaries and talking about like, Marin, what you were saying about knowing your why you got into the business in the first place. This is something that I talk about with clients all the time. I talk about with my talk about it with my biz besties. Like, why are we doing this? And um, I think as far as like tangible tip, the first thing that I would say, first and probably like my only thing I would say is know your vision for your personal life and for your business. They're two separate things. There's some overlap, but knowing your vision and like, yes, it'll, it'll change, but you, in any given moment, you should be able to articulate it because from there, that's your decision-making filter. It starts your decision-making filter and whenever things come up, you know, push back on boundaries, potential client that doesn't maybe is not the right fit. Like anytime those things come up, you're able to kind of pause and think to yourself, like, is this a line for me? 
and where my heart is and where my energy is. And if it doesn't, then like you have to be okay with saying no. And, you know, I think part of entrepreneurship, it's not just, oh yeah, I'm the boss. So I can make all the decisions and say, yes, we also have to learn how to say no. And from there it's your non-negotiables, right? So it's like your vision and what we were saying about what time do we need to protect? What energy do we have to protect? And then everything else kind of falls into place from there. But like I resonate with everything that Marin and Lisa had already shared because each person's business, like our businesses are a reflection of us. And so everybody's boundaries are a little different Mm -hmm. and we have to recognize that. So it's not a one size fits all or one solution fits all either. So like things that might work for Marin might not work for Lisa, might not work for me or, you know, something that works for me also works for Courtney. And I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship too. We get to try things and see what works and what doesn't work. So when I'm hearing a common thread is to articulate what's important to you to, you know, sit and like reflect, like, okay, what are the things that are really important to me? And why did I start this business and write it down or share it with someone? Um, so I'm going to take all of your tips and like expand it, share it with someone that is a fellow biz bestie, someone in this community and allow them to kind of be that mirror and that reflection where you can even share with them a situation. And like, because you've told them what your boundary and your priority is, they can be like, that sounds outside of where you should be going. And it's even great to have people that you can rehearse saying no to, right? Like you can send them that email and be like, does this sound okay? Like, you know, is it still kind? Is it still in on brand? Is it authentic to who I am? And that can help us become more comfortable with saying no. But I love the least side is like rehearsing it to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. write it on a post-it, share it with somebody, drop it in our DMs so there's still minimum wage Instagram you know, join a community or just have one person, you know, maybe it's your partner or maybe it's your bestie, like your real life bestie, where you can just tell them like, okay, this is really what I want to focus on. And I'm going to need your help to stay on track. So thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. I feel so relaxed now, whereas we started this off and I was really tense. Um, But with every episode, we like to share a free resource and today, Marin is going to share one with us. Yes. Yeah, so this was the book I was referring to earlier. It's Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra Glover Tawab. And it's kind of about your life and setting boundaries in your relationship. She's actually a therapist. So you can, you know, listen to everything she says. But I just wanted to share my favorite quote from the book. Um, she says, your boundaries are a reflection of how willing you are to advocate for the life that you want. So I thought that was beautiful and it definitely applied oh. to running your small business. Yeah, she, there's so many gems in here and it's very practical. Like she, she gives you step by step, like how to set a boundary, how to enforce it and all these examples from her practice. So highly recommend. Thank you for sharing that. If you want a book to add to your self-care list, you know, even if you're just reading a couple pages once a week on that Sunday when you're not working, can start with Marin's suggestion, but thank you so much for being here, guys. We are going to see more of you throughout this season. Um, so cannot wait to chat with you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having thank us. Thank you so thank much. You. It was so much fun. fun. <laughs> 
And if you guys are listening, come visit us on our Instagram at Still Minimum Wage. Let us know what your favorite gem was from this episode and know that we are here right behind you, behind your wins and even the times when you got to say no and stick to your guns. Keep working CEOs and we'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. 